That's a clown question, bro. Hi, what's up, Anya? So I'm gonna kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's gonna be Johnny Hustle. And if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to the show to be named later. Where we're talking baseball. Kind of whenever I am your host, Cristiano. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's the first time we're talking about a team in a while. And this time it'll be, we did the Minnesota Twins last time. And now we're doing, uh, we're staying right in that region with the 2018 Milwaukee Brewers, geographically speaking. Yeah, we're talking about another team uh, in the Central. A team who, and back-to-back teams that, I guess had not made the playoffs prior, um, mm-hmm. but the Brewers had more expectations than the 91 Twins because of some moves they made in the offseason, right. uh, which you're going to get into. So in 2017, the Brewers started out 86. They, they finished 86 and 76, 10 games over 500, which is pretty good considering what they were expected to do. Uh, I remember that season this Instagram page that I followed did power rankings and he had the Brewers at 29th in the league that season. So he was far off on that, but ultimately they still didn't make the playoffs. They were eliminated in game 161 and they made some moves that, that off season, they did a lot and they signed Jolie Shashin as a, as a starting pitcher as in a free agency uh, type of deal. They also signed Lorenzo Kane as a free agent. That was a big one. That's a, it's a big set, big name center fielder that was headed to Milwaukee where he was originally drafted. They also signed Wade Miley as a free agent. And this is the big one. They traded top prospects, Lewis Brinson, Isan Diaz, Monte Harrison, and Jordan Yamamoto to the Miami Marlins to get Christian Yelich. That was a big move for them. And it actually happened on the same day that they got Kane. But despite all these moves, they still didn't have that high of expectations. Uh, Bleacher Report had them missing the playoffs. Baseball America had them missing the playoffs. And the Ringer also had them missing the playoffs that season. Uh, You can take this however you will, because I know that this doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but they did have the best record in the Cactus League during spring training, uh, which is pretty impressive considering there's 15 teams over there. And before the season even started, the Brewers had already made the best contribution thus far in spring training. Steven, the Bay Boat. Long ball vote. Come on, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see you. Come on. Whoa. You call that pitching? <laughs> this is baseball. A tennis? There's something I can hit. All right, vote. This is my heater. I dare you to hit it. You'll be sorry. You want the heater? I'll give you the heater. Give him a basketball. Maybe then he'll hit it. Yeah! That's how you do it. Vote, you idiot. Now we can't play no more. Hit me with the heater. Blow it outside. Blow it outside down like this. Stupid idiot. Stupid idiot. Wait a sec. I'll get it. Called shot by the babe. No! Holy crap, you could have been killed! Yeah, yeah, truly, what are you doing? 
You guys were leaving, so I just thought I'd hop the fence. You were thinking? You wouldn't have thought that. You can't go back there. Then how do we get the ball back? We don't. We don't. It's history. It's history. Kiss it goodbye. Kiss it. Shut up, Chase. It's gone, man. It's gone. Game's over, man. We'll just get another ball tomorrow. We'll never see it again. Why not? The bees. Phillips, listen to me. Go to that fence real slow and be quiet. But I, I think... No, 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 no. Just go. But I, I saw something. What's just back there? Go, just go. Oh, just, just go. Just go. Just go. go. Just go. Be quiet. Something got the ball! What was that thing? Camp out! Everything about that was actually absolutely perfect. The acting was good. The casting was perfect. Brett Phillips as Smalls, Eric Sogard as Squints, Yelich as uh, as Benny the Jet, and Vote as Ham. Like everything about that was absolutely tip top perfect. Uh, yeah, really, it really was. They really, they really brought it. And yeah, I didn't know. Uh, it's funny to see Brett Phillips now, mm -hmm. uh, who at the time was a virtual unknown and now is like one of the he was just known for his laugh yeah exactly so the brewers uh to start the season in the second game of the year the brewers were down to their last strike to brad hand and the padres and the go-ahead the go-ahead run was on first base and ryan braun was now up to the plate In the air to deep left field for Ryan Braun. That is gone. It's a three-run shot, and the Brewers have taken the lead with one swing of the bat. And oh. So. So Ryan Braun uh, comes back for the Brewers, setting the tone for their season. And MLB Film Room will not let me get out. Mm -hmm. But uh, and then in the fifth game of the year, the Brewers were down four to three to the Cardinals in the ninth. And off-season acquisition Christian Yelich came up to the plate. Here he comes, and that one's deep, right center, Christian Yelich has tied it up! Man. Not once, but twice, with the Brewers down to their last strike this year coming up with a monster home run this time it's christian yelich down the gauntlet he goes you're supposed to play the cut fastball not nearly as effective right in the wheelhouse of christian yelich and he knocked it out of here check it out here it is ends up down and in actually left it up a little bit and there she goes right in the wheelhouse 
Yelich squares it at four. Now it's Braun who swings and launches. It's his way back. In their fifth game of the season, tie the game and win the game on back-to-back home runs. Pretty unreal that that was able to happen that quickly. And after winning four of the first five games, uh, the Brewers then lost eight out of 12, giving them an 8-9 record. And they were in fourth place in the National League Central, three and a half games back of the leader. After that, the Brewers went on an eight-game winning streak, averaging 5.6 runs scored per game. And in the fourth game of the streak, uh, Jesus Aguilar battled for a 13 pitch at bat in the bottom of the ninth, looking for the win, uh, looking to ultimately win the game for his team. Already with pitch number 13 to Jesus Aguilar. And there's a throw. Deep right center field, and Jesus Aguilar has walked it off. Wow. Unbelievable. For a team that's had a lot of dramatic moments, that could be the at-bat of the year. 13 pitches, and then Aguilar... Sends one out of here to win it, man. Pretty unreal that that was able to happen. And the Brewers won that one. And during the streak, the Brewers led the majors in ERA with a 1.50 ERA. Babbitt with a 210. Uh, I guess Babbitt against with a 210. Left on base percentage with a 91.2% left on base rate. And after that, they went on a four-game win streak, uh, and the Brewers finished the month of April with a 17-13 record uh, in third place in the National League Central by one game. That's right. They were one game back, um, and they continued onward. On May 11th, the Brewers were in Colorado in a slugfest. They were down 10-8. to and they were down to their last strike once again against the Colorado Rockies Super Bowl pen. And Petra Mejia came up with a man on trying to tie the game. One and one on Pena. In the air to right field, pretty deep, but I think Cargo, I hope he has room, no he doesn't, it's goodness. Wow. And this thing's tied up. That ball just kept carrying and carrying. That's what we talked about with the tying run coming up. You never know. And Manny Pena with his fourth home run of the year, and it's 10-10. Second blown save this year for Wade Davis. 
So the game is now tied up in the ninth inning, and it would later go into extras. And then in the tenth, third baseman Travis Shaw looked to give Milwaukee the lead. One more pitch for Jake McGee. And a base hit. Kane will score. And it's 11-10 Milwaukee. And the Brewers take the lead 11 to 10 in that game. They would go on to win by that score. And that was one of just many awesome moments that they had in May. They went 19 and 8 during the month and had the best record in base, the second best record in baseball. And one particular strength was their bullpen. They had the best ERA in the league, thanks to the breakout of A1 Josh Hader. In the month of May, Hader struck out 48.2% of batters faced. Uh, it goes without saying that that's the best in baseball. Also during that month, he had a 120 ERA, a 122 average against, and a 191 SI ERA. And Hader also performed a historic feat on April 30th of that year. A check swing. He went around. It's blocked by Pena. He applies the tag on Votto, and he's gone. He's ready to work again. One-two pitch. Swing and a miss. There's the slider. Hader comes in, strikes out Votto, strikes out Shebler. Here's the one-two. And there's his third strike out of the night. He's got a piece. Pena hangs on, and that's out number one. Going in, one-two. Swing and a miss. He blew him away with gas at 97. And another strikeout for Josh Hader. My goodness. Hader deals again. Bunting and bunting foul is Hamilton, and he's gone on strikes. Again, the 2-2. Another strikeout. Seven of them now for Josh Hader. Hader brings the 1-2. He struck him out. Oh, what a night for Josh Hader. Eight strikeouts as the Brewers defeat Cincinnati 6-5. That is just incredible stuff, what you just witnessed from Josh Hader. So Josh Hader pitches two and two-thirds innings. All of his outs recorded were strikeouts. I believe that was the first time in baseball history that someone had uh, a relief appearance of at least eight outs with all of them being strikeouts. So that was pretty impressive. And the Brewers yep. at the end of May, they were rolling. They were four and a half games up in the division in first place. So now uh, I'm going to dedicate a segment to one particular Brewer. I believe in Jesus. First baseman Jesus Aguilar was destructive in the month of June, slashing 313, 352, 747, 1099. That slugging percentage easily led the league. He also had a 434 ISO, which led the league. And... His 324 ISO in the first half remains a franchise record among right-handed hitters for any first half of any Brewers season. So that was pretty impressive uh, from Jesus Aguilar right there. That's right. So now on June 22nd, the Brewers were being no hit by the St. Louis Cardinals. Aguilar came up in the seventh looking to put Milwaukee on the, on the board in the hit column and also ultimately win them the game. One away, Jesus Aguilar. In the air to left field, that is back. Ozuna at the wall, and this game is tied. Jesus has done it again. First hit of the game 
One out in the seventh inning. And it's a long ball by Jesus Aguilar. All even at one apiece. And on pitch 101, Aguilar takes him deep. Aguilar has bounced out, lined one back to the pitcher, a little soft liner, and then hit that home run. Here it is. Swing and a fly ball right center and deep. Get up! Get out of here! Goal for Aguilar! And the Brewers have beaten St. Louis! Jesus Aguilar does it again! He hit one to tie the game in the seventh. He just hit a game winner here in the ninth. And the Brewers have beaten St. Louis! Tonight, Brewers. So the Brewers win two to one. Both runs coming on solo shots from Jesus Aguilar, and he and the rest of the team were going. So then, throughout the rest of the first half, the Brewers were still a bit streaky. Uh, on July fourth, the Brewers were up two to one on the Minnesota Twins. And the batter was Nate Orff, uh, and he was signed as an undrafted free agent who spent five years in the minor leagues. And he made his major league major league debut uh, the previous day, and he was still looking for his first big league hit. First major league hit. That was deep in the left. That one's got a chance, and it is a home run for Nador. His first big league hit is a long ball. Three to one, Milwaukee. Well, I think they're going to be able to get that one back. Wow, Nador, good for him. Look at the excitement on the face of the manager. He knows how important that is. They're asking for a curtain call for Nate Orff. Here he comes. They're dragging him out. Shoulders. Oh my goodness. He didn't want to. Oh man, what a, what a moment. On a lot of levels, it's baseball's version of Rudy, right? Yeah, no kidding. It is an incredible yeah. story. And his first big league hit is a home run. And the legend of Nate Orff continues here in the. So, big moment uh, there for the youngster, the underdog story, and back to the original underdog story of the 2018 Brewers. The Brewers won five straight from July 2nd to July 6th. And on July 12th, the Brewers went into Pittsburgh for a five-game series uh, heading into the All-Star break. And after losing the first two games, uh, they got swept in a doubleheader. And in the last game, they were up six to five with one out to go, and Dan Jennings was on to finish it off. I just saw a bolt of lightning. 
Well, it, it wasn't at that time. Oh, 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 yeah, that's a good call. Line drive towards center. Over the head of Kane. This might win it. Josh Bell into second. Runner being waved home. Here comes the throw to the plate. He's going to be safe. The ball gets away. The Pirates walk it off. They've won five against the Brewers. Unbelievable. Raise the Jolly Roger in the rain. Enjoy the break. Buckos win it. Incredible! Josh Bell walks it off! Can you believe it? So the Brewers lose a five-game series, and uh, the Pirates appear to have some confidence in the NL Central, maybe in the future make a, a deal that they might have regretted. And the <laughs> Brewers hit a low point at the end of the first half and they were down two and a half games in the division heading into the all-star break. So now we are in the all-star game. The Brewers had Lorenzo Kane, Josh Hader, Jeremy Jeffress, and Christian Yelich all selected to go to the game and they were all deserved. Uh, Kane's 3.3 F4 was the sixth best in the NL and his OBP, uh, which was 393, was also sixth. Josh Hader was the only reliever in the NL with an F4 of two. He led the leader leagues in Ks per nine with 16.69, XFIP with a 181, and also was second in the NL in fifth with a 172. Jeremy Jeffers had the second best ERA in the National League among relievers with a 134. And Christian Yelich was slashing 292, 364, 459, and 823. So despite all the Brewers producing these All-Stars, it wasn't enough. Something was missing. You see, Jesus Aguilar was the National League leader in slugging percentage with a 621, OPS with a 995, Woba with a 413, and weighted runs created plus with a 160. He was absolutely snubbed, but he was, but there was still hope. He was a part of the final vote where the fans voted to decide the last All-Star. And days later, Aguilar got some good news. Everybody in here played a part in it. Um, I think the fans in Wisconsin played a huge part in it. Brewer fans across the country played a part in it. Senior Aguilar going to the All-Star. So Jesus Aguilar was also added to the All-Star roster. That is five Brewers that made it. Um, And Yelich only got one at-bat in the All-Star game, but he made a count. Strikeout of Gomes. He said, just be an all-star and stop. Here's Yelich, a fly ball into left center. Back at the wall, it's gone. Kristen Yelich will have that souvenir. So Christian Yelich, it's a home run in the All-Star game. Uh, that was about the only notable uh, Brewers contributions to the game. We don't need to talk about some of the other things that happened. You can look that up, but we're just going to pretend it didn't happen. So uh, we now head into the trade deadline, and the Brewers made one big trade, but there's some personal experience with this. They traded Jorge Lopez and Brett Phillips to the Royals to get Mike Moustakis, and uh Little story time here. I actually knew about this deal a couple hours before it broke. Uh, one of my buddies from Instagram 
runs a Milwaukee Brewers fan page, and he got a little tip from a guy who his dad was in the was like the head of like Brewers scouting or something like that, and uh, he texted this friend of mine and said, "Hey, we just made a trade. We traded Lopez and Phillips to get Mustakis," and. He ended up sending it to us, like the the group chat that I'm in with him. And all of us kind of knew about it, but we weren't really sure if it was worth reporting or not. I mean, obviously, we weren't going to be the ones breaking it, but we all kind of knew and we were wondering if we would say something. We didn't, but a couple hours later, Ken Rosenthal reported the exact trade. So uh, I knew about the trade two hours before it happened, which was pretty cool. And the Brewers enter the month of August tied with the Cubs for the division lead. So now they move on to August, and on August 3rd, the Brewers were down 9-3 to against the Colorado Rockies, and uh, Eric Thames, Eric Thames, uh, a man who is in the Korean Baseball League not very uh, much long ago, uh, was looking to play hero. Garcia at second, Shaw at first. Here's the 1-1. And that's high and deep to right field. Thames watches. This one's going to fly. A game-winning home run. Eric Thames. Three-run blast. Brewers win. The Brewers win a thriller. So Eric Thames plays the hero, of course. You put everything you have. And so Eric Thames plays the hero, of course, there. And then three weeks later on August 24th, the Brewers were deep into the 15th inning against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Jordan Lyles gave up two runs, putting Milwaukee down 6-4. to four. And in the bottom of the inning, the Brewers had two on with two out, but uh, Jordan Lyles was up to the plate. Uh, Jordan Lyles, of course, a pitcher coming up to the plate. Not a lot of hope here. Here he comes, and it's ball four. Are you kidding? Walks a relief pitcher to load the bases and. So they walk, like uh, Brian Anderson said, they walk the relief pitcher, and that would bring Eric Kratz up to the plate looking to come up in the clutch. From Holmes. Tying run at second. One and two, the count. Kratz on the ground. For a base hit, Aguilar scores. Perez coming home. We're tied. <laughs> oh my goodness! My goodness! So a pretty wild turn of events there to tie the game. Pretty wild turn of events to uh, tie the game. And now that the game was tied, 
uh, shortstop Orlando Arcia was looking to give them the win. Lyles ready to run, carries the winning run. Arcia in the right field, beats it. Polanco drops it. Here comes Lyles, throw to the plate, and the Brewers win! Are you kidding? Nice! A three-run 15th inning! So a pretty uh, wild turn of events, a very good defining win uh, that would definitely matter in the future. And five days later, on August 29th, uh, Christian Yelich, uh, basically, for lack of a better term, just has himself a day uh, in Cincinnati. Here is Yelich up the middle, a base hit to center field. And the first two have reached. Kane and Yelich again getting the Brewers started. And eats alive. Jeanette recovers the throw. He's not in time. National League batting title, and that one's driven deep right field. And Christian Yelich has done it again. A two run home run for Yelich. The Brewers go back on top on Yelich's 26 home run of the season. Goodness, you believe it? Turnerfield was always for the pitcher. That's a base hit into the gap. And it's a four hit game for Christian Yelich. Arcia is going to try to score. No, the stop sign goes up. Arcia holds a third. And Yelich comes through again. Four for four. <laughs> Amazing, huh? Yelich. Drives one right center field. That's going to get down. We are tied at 10 as Yelich is on his way to second. Makes the turn on his way to third. It'll be a triple for Yelich. The cycle for Christian Yelich. A five hit game. <laughs> Amazing, huh? This guy, what more can he do? Two on, two outs. And a line shot, left field, down for a hit. Yelich comes up throwing. Throw to the plate is caught. The tag, he is out! What a play by Yelich. Having the game of his life here in Cincinnati. And the 1-1, a little tapper, going to be a tough play. It's barehanded by Suarez. Throw to first, not in time! The sixth hit of the game for Christian Yelich. Everything's falling for him, falling the right way for Christian. So Christian Yelich hits for the cycle, goes six for six on the day. And Yelich became the fourth player in Major League Baseball history with a six-hit cycle. And although these clips made it seem like a great month, uh, the Brewers actually only went 13 and 13, and the Cubs went 18 and 10 their biggest competitor went 18 and 10 and it was a four game Chicago lead in the division at the beginning of the month and it was as high as six at one point and the Brewers were also behind the Cardinals in the division and at the uh, waiver trade deadline they ended up trading for Curtis Granderson so now we're in September and a little bit of bad blood going on before a series between the Cubs and Brewers Newly acquired Cubs pitcher Cole Hamels was asked about the feuds between the two ball clubs, and he said, I mean, that's kind of tough. 
I know the rivalries, rivalries I've had in the past. You can definitely feel it, Hamill said. When you have a majority of Cubs fans in the stands, I don't know if that's a rivalry yet. So this gave the Brewers bulletin board material, and it worked as the Brewers won the series two games to one, and they were on their way back. And then on September 17th, Christian Yelich did it again. Both of them have put their name in the MVP discussion, and Yelich with a base hit with one away. On the ground, that is over the ground of Votto into right field. Grandison turns, heads to third. On his way to second, Yelich with a double. Now Christian Yelich. Yelich launches right field. Got a chance. This one is a home run. It's gone. Just inside the foul pole. Number 31 for Yelich. Two-run blast makes it 4-0 Milwaukee. With chance of MVP raining down on Christian Yelich. Yelich into the gap, right center. Keep on running, Christian. In the score is Scope. Yelich is going to turn and burn. Throw to the plate. Scope is safe. It's a triple. And it's a cycle for Yelich. So Christian Yelich becomes the third player in baseball history with two cycles in a single season. Pretty impressive stuff. So now going into play on September 19th, the Brewers were in second, three and a half games back of the Cubs. Their playoff chances were still good, but the division was slim, but they still wanted it. And on September 27th, they got one step of the way there. Outs in the ninth, Jeffers deals, and he stuck him out, and the Brewers win! Back to the postseason, Milwaukee! have secured a berth in the postseason in 2018. What, what a scene. What a season. What a season these guys have had. Turned it around into a winning season and a contending season last year. Now they have pushed over that hump and they're going back to the postseason for the fifth time in franchise history. So the Brewers clinch a postseason spot. The division was still up for grabs, but at the very least they'd be in the wild card game. And Yelich and Braun carried the Brewers down the stretch. From September 19th through the end of September, Yelich slashed 419, 609, 1097, 1706 with a 645 Woba and 316 weighted runs created plus, as well as 1.4 F4. All those led the league except for average. Braun slashed 357, 438, 964, 1402. And both Yelich and Braun's ISOs were in the 600s. The next next best in the majors over that time was 435. So they were far above the rest. And on the second to last day of the regular season, the Cubs had just lost to the Cardinals, which gave the Brewers an opportunity to tie them in the standings. Unfortunately, they were down three to nothing to the Tigers. This is where you enter Christian Yelich. Drew a walk in the first, the only issued by Norris. Norris shakes once, now has the sign. The 3-2. Fly ball, left center. Going back on it is Jones at the track. It's gone. Yelich has done it again for the 35th time. I can tell you right now, my man, big hurt, Frank Thomas. 
back in L.A., he better put on his Kristen Yelich jersey and start running around the office saying MVP. 5-5, five, five, bottom of the seventh, and Christian Yelich to lead it off with the crew against Daniel Stumpf. Chance of MVP come raining down. 0-1 pitch. Line drive, deep right! Are you kidding? Another one for Yelich! 6-5 Milwaukee! Christian Yelich has done it again! There is nothing left to say about Christian Yelich. I've got chills. I honestly got it. I've got chills. I, and from a fan standpoint, this is crazy. Curtain call. Get that guy some hardware! So Christian Yelich comes back and wins the game for the Brewers. And wouldn't you know it, they win 9 of 10, and the Cubs go 6-5 and five over that same time period. And they were set for a division tiebreaker at Wrigley for game 163. The winner gets the best record in the National League. The loser plays in the wildcard game. So now in this game, after Yoli Shashin throws two scoreless innings, the Brewers had a runner on third with two outs, and the batter, wouldn't you guess, is Christian Yelich. Tiebreaker game, division on the line, and he delivers. Christian Yelich knocks in RC up, and the Brewers go up one to nothing. That's what you'd expect from Christian Yelich this season. So the Brewers are now up one to nothing, but the Cubs do tie it in the fifth on an Anthony Rizzo home run. Now, after Chessine departed, he pitched five and two-thirds innings pitched with one run allowed. Pretty good. So the game was in the top of the eighth. The Brewers quickly got two runners in scoring position, giving Lorenzo Kane a shot to put Milwaukee on top. You've been attacking in, 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 all of a sudden you go away, and it's standing room only. Back up the middle, and Lorenzo Kane looks at his bench as he drives in Arcia. And the Brewers grab a 2-1 lead in the eighth. Fellas, no surprise, haters in the game. So Lorenzo Kane puts Milwaukee on top 2-1, to one, and two batters later, Ryan Braun looked to provide insurance for the Brew crew. He goes, and that one is over the head of Murphy. Kane will go to third. Braun delivers. And a huge add-on run for the Milwaukee Brewers with two strikes. It has not been Yelich in this inning. It has been Lorenzo Kane and Ryan Braun. So the Brewers are now up 3-1. to one, And in the ninth, Josh Hader looked to close out the division. Game over, division over. The Brewers are champions of the Central. They've won eight in a row, 20 out of 27. And seriously, who wants to play them right now? <laughs> All the spoils that come with this victory today for the Brewers. Now, a couple of days off before the National League Division Series begin. They will have home field for as long as they stay in the National League playoffs. 
So the Brewers go on a run for the ages to win the division. They they won 10 of their last 11 regular season games to finish off the regular season, 96 and 67. They are now heading for the postseason with the best record in the National League. And we're going to meet the Brew crew now. Christian Yelich, the National League MVP, slash 326, 402, 598, 1000, with 36 home runs, 110 RBI, and 7.6 F war. His 220 weighted runs created plus in the second half is the most in any half by an individual not named Barry Bonds since Fangraphs began collecting splits data in 1974. So it's it's Barry Bonds a bunch of times. Christian Yelich is the best non-Barry Bonds half ever by weighted runs created plus since 1974. Pretty impressive stuff. The other big acquisition in the offseason, Lorenzo Cain, 308, 395, 417, 813. His 5.7 F4 was tied for third in the National League, and he got seventh in the MVP vote. Jesus Aguilar, he broke out this year, 274, 352, 539, 890, 134 weighted runs created plus. That got him 16th in the MVP vote. Travis Shaw had his second consecutive 30 home run, 100 RBI season. Josh Hader, he produced the only season to this day in baseball history with 80 innings pitched, a 160 ERA plus, and 15.5 strikeouts per nine innings. This earned him seventh in the Cy Young vote. Also, Jeremy Jeffress produced the one of only five seasons in baseball history with 75 innings pitched, a 300 ERA plus, and 10 Ks per nine. So that is elite, elite season for Jeremy Jeffress, their closer. And Craig Council was also runner-up for manager of the year. And the Brewers are now in the National League Division Series against the Colorado Rockies. And now they are in the series against the Rockies. And after Brandon, in game one, after Brandon Woodruff threw three shutout innings, uh, it was time for none other than Christian Yelich coming up to the plate. What a year. People questioned the Brewers when they made the trade. Said, Yelich, ah, you saw all the tweets and the reaction from fans. Ah, he's just an average player. First pitch, deep center field. Blackman looks up. It is gone. A two-run shot off the bat of Christian Yelich. And the Brewers had gone through pitcher after pitcher getting through this game. In the ninth, it was 2 to nothing, but Jeremy Jeffress gave up two runs in the inning and blew the save. The game went into extras, and in the bottom of the tenth, Christian Yelich led off with a walk. He later moved to second on a wild pitch before Ryan Braun struck out. Travis Shaw was intentionally walked, and that led to Curtis Granderson grounding out. So the Brewers had the winning run on third with two outs with midseason acquisition, Mike Moustakis coming up to the plate. There goes Brandish and Moustakis with a base hit into right field to win game one of this division series for the Milwaukee Brewers. 
The Brewers celebrate. Here comes Hernan Perez to join the party. So the Brewers win game one of the NLDS. And now they're moving on to game two. Uh, in game two, it was Jolie, Julie Chassin starting the game. And he shut out the Rockies for the first four innings of the game. And in the bottom of the inning, uh, a relative role player, Hernan Perez, is coming up to, to the plate looking to give the Brewers the lead. Line to right, back in the second inning. Fiftieth pitch of the game from Anderson is drilled to left center, and it will bounce over for a ground rule double. Mustakis scores. The Milwaukee Brewers take a one nothing lead. So now a one nothing game for the Brewers with the lead. And after Chassin pitched five shutout innings, it was up to the bullpen. And in the eighth, it was still a one nothing game. And Mike Moustakis was looking to return to do some more damage, looking to tack on to that lead. So Moustakis drives in more runners with runners in scoring position. And uh, three batters later, Eric Kratz uh, looked to kind of put on the finishing move for the Milwaukee Brewers. Open base, you can almost guarantee that Bud Black would walk Kratz here automatically to see what they were going to do. But with the base loaded, they don't have that option. You saw Jeffress in the dugout. Kratz with a blue base hit it to left field. Bronx scores. Here comes Arcia. It is now 4 nothing Milwaukee as Kratz drives in two. So now it's a 4 nothing ball game for the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, the Brewers ended up winning by that score 4 to nothing. And then in game three, they head to Colorado to try and finish out the series. And in the first inning, the Brewers threatened early and gave uh, Travis Shaw the opportunity to give them an early lead. 241 with 32 home runs. Two for six in this series with three walks. Hit toward the hole. LeMahieu skids to make the play, throws to second. They get the force. And a run scores. Yelich comes across. Braun so the Brewers out to an early lead. Uh, early 1-0 lead. And in the fourth inning, Jesus Aguilar uh, came up facing Herman Marquez, also featuring 
second interview with Bud Black. We're, we're expected rain here in a, as we move on, but I think we just got to keep going inning by inning and see what happens. But thanks so much. You got it, Jay. This is what happens sometimes. A home run while you're listening to a pre-taped interview. Aguilera unloads. He did it 35 times during the regular season. And now he gives the Brewers a 2-0 lead. Just a few Milwaukee fans in attendance, but that one is happy. So now... By the way, real quick, um, Bob Costas is obviously incredible at what he does, but uh, that is not from the 1991 Twins closer Rick Aguilera. That is Jesus Aguilar of the Brewers. Yeah, not not Mr. Aguilera. Uh, that's, that's Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. So he gives them a 2-0 lead, and after two more runs scored, Orlando Arcia and Keon Broxton, who are not known for their offense, uh, looked to put the nail in the coffin for the Milwaukee Brewers. You can't qualify for the win as a starter. There's a drive to very deep left from Arcia, and it's a 5-0 game. Garcia hit only three during the regular season. He takes Wade Davis deep, and it's 5-0 in the ninth. Wow. Well, some performance by Greg Council's team. A little bit of everything from the entire lineup, in addition to the pitchers. The guy was sent down to the minors during the year because he was playing ineffectively. Ooh, down and in, hitter's favorite zone. Drop the barrel on it like driving a golf ball. In the air to center, and deep, and very deep. And out of here. First, Arcia. Then, Broxton. Kratz, who was in on the fun earlier. First home run for Keon Broxton. So back-to-back home runs, making it a 6-0 ball game for the Brewers. And after that, it was all pretty much all set and done. And it was now Josh Hader's turn to close out the series. And Desmond is the last guy between the Brewers and a sweep. He lifts one into right. Kane and Broxton, it'll be Kane. And that's that. And this one is over. And they're moving on. And another celebration. Wade Miley joins the celebration. There won't be a W next to his name in the box score, but... He did everything Craig Council could have asked him to do. No question. They uh, they call them sometimes openers. They're still you don't say what times the game open, what times it starts. So the Brewers had starters and they had enders. In three hours and fourteen minutes, they take care of the Colorado Rockies at home. Final. So the Milwaukee Brewers are heading to the National League Championship Series. And the some uh, players to highlight from that series, Eric Kratz went five for eight. Christian Yelich had an 1196 OPS throughout the series. 
Hernan Perez had a 1,000 OPS. Travis Shaw had a 955 OPS. And Mike Moustakis had a 916 OPS. But it was all about the pitching as their pitching staff as a whole had a 0.64 ERA. So now they move on to the championship series. Yeah, that's right. The The Brewers only gave up one runs in one inning. Uh, it was the two-run ninth in the game one. And ab- after that, it was all shutouts. And before that, it was all shutouts as well. So now we're in the National League Championship Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. In game one, the Dodgers got out to an early one nothing lead on a home run by Manny Machado. But in the third, one of the most unlikely events imaginable occurred. He was flying around. He's definitely got you beat. That ball was crushed. I'm telling you right now, it's a good thing he did that leading off. Can you imagine doing that with two outs and not having the time to cool down? It's like getting a hole-in-one in golf and trying to play the next hole. So he'll have some time to cool off. Never could you have imagined he'd be coming to the park today thinking, I'm going to hit off of Kershaw and take him deep. But that's the 23rd time of pitch. So Brandon Woodruff, a left, a pitcher batting left-handed, gets a home run off Clayton Kershaw to tie the game. The Brewers later took the lead in the inning on a Hernan Perez sack fly. And in the next inning, Domingo Santana tried to provide some insurance. And third, nobody out. It does go as a hit and then an error on Taylor, and that's in a left to hit. And to score Pena, Arcia coming to the plate. No throw. Domingo Santana drives in two on that base hit. The Brewers got another run later in the inning on a bronze single. And in the seventh, Jesus Jesus Aguilar looked to put the game away. Game in left field. Chris Taylor moves to second base. Rios on the mound. Fly ball into right. Back is Kemp at the wall. It is gone. Aguilar, a home run the opposite way. It's six to one. So it's now a 6-1 game, and although it seemed over, the Dodgers actually put forth a comeback. And they had the tying run on third with two outs in the ninth, as Corey Canable tried to lock it down for the Brewers and escape a threat. Tying run at third, two out, 2-2 two, two pitch. Struck him out! And Milwaukee's 1-12 straight. 
And they lead this NLCS one game to nothing. A four-hour, two-minute game, and these two teams squeezed everything they could out of game one. So the Brewers take game one of the NLCS. They're up one nothing in the series. And now in game two, after Wade Miley pitched five shutout innings, it was a 0-0 game, and Orlando Arcia looked to get Milwaukee on the board. It was a long enough hop where it made it easier on freeze instead of one of those medium hops that handcuff a guy. Here's Arcia into center. Ballinger just into the game. Goodbye. Arcia goes deep, and it's 1-0 Brewers in game two. So the Brewers are now up 1-0, and they struck again later in the inning on a bronze single. And in the next inning, Travis Shaw looked to tack on. Another hour of dealing with the shadows, which is something that both clubhouses were talking about. Here's Shaw. Did he get enough? Back at the wall. It is gone! Travis Shaw. 3-0 Milwaukee. The Brewers are now up three to nothing, but the Dodgers chipped away in the seventh, making it a three-two game. And in the eighth, Chris Taylor led off with a single, which brought up Justin Turner as the go-ahead run. 2018. 2-0. High drive into left, back at the wall. The Dodgers are on top. Justin Turner, after a frustrating night last night, goes deep to give L.A. a 4-3 lead. Well, Turner finally got the one pitch he has not seen in two days. So, the Dodgers go up 4-3, and the Brewers let this game get away from them, and that would be the final score. So, with that comeback... It is now a 1-1 series going into Los Angeles. So now we enter game three. Just two batters into the game, the Brewers were already threatening, and Ryan Braun looked to capitalize. Otherwise, you're going to be flipping that around with some left-handers out of the pen. Pat is hammered down toward the corner. Digging it out is Peterson. Digging for third is Yelich. They bring him to the plate, and the Brewers strike first. Takes a breaking ball and hammers it into the corner. And he puts Milwaukee on top here in the first. So the Brewers are up in game three. And Jolice Chassin performed once again as he went five and a third shutout innings. 
In the seventh, with the Brewers up two to nothing, Orlando Arcia looked to provide more with a man on base. Arcia hits one into right, back at the wall, this ball is gone. Home run the opposite way by Arcia to double the lead. It's 4-0 Milwaukee. So the Brewers go up four to nothing and they would end up winning by that score. And they had a two to one series lead on the Dodgers game four. Now the Dodgers scored in the first on a Brian Dozier single. The game would stay one to nothing until the fifth when Domingo Santana came up trying to tie it to be able to take swings. That is shot into right. Puig will not get to it. One hop up against the wall. Arcia coming to the plate. They bring him home. The throw by Dozier too late in a 1-1 game as Santana has delivered in the fifth. But the game is now tied 1-1, and it would stay that way for a while. And eventually, in extra innings, this game would go. In the 10th, Manny Machado came up trying to get something started for L.A. Aguilar and Machado got tangled up at the back. And George Lombard's going to come in and break it up. And Kratz gets into it, and now the bench is empty, and nothing really is going on. Machado just kind of lets that left leg bang into the right leg of Aguilar and on a routine play. Now you know why Aguilar was upset. So Manny Machado kind of with the dirty play there. And it was at this moment that he became the most wanted man in Wisconsin. Later in the 13th, Machado represented the winning run and Cody Bellinger was the batter. Three, two, ground ball, base hit. Machado comes to the plate. Throw by Yelich. Dodgers win it. Series tied, two, two. So the series is now tied to two to two after the walk-off and in game five, Wade Miley was the starting pitcher for the Brewers with the two to two series. They needed a lot from him. And after he walked the first batter, the Brewers made a move that shocked the baseball world. And tipped his cap. I have no idea what just happened. Woodruff was up while Miley was getting loose. I've never seen this. Miley gives up a leadoff walk, and they took him out. 
my mic works. I just don't. I don't. I'm trying to process. I'm just trying to process. I'll get back to you. <laughs> I've heard of going to your bullpen early. Can you hook anybody closer? Maybe when he gets to the parking lot. Back after this. The Brewers planned out a secret, a secret opener for this game so that the Dodgers would throw out a righty-heavy lineup against Miley, but it would then be Brandon Woodruff, a right-handed pitcher. Uh, unfortunately, this didn't work for the Brewers. They only mustered two runs against Clayton Kershaw, and they gave up five earned runs between the fifth and seventh innings. So it goes back to Milwaukee. The Brewers have their backs against the wall in game six, and it didn't look good as David Freeze hit a home run to lead off the game and make it 1-0 Dodgers. However, this was still not a bad inning for the Brewers because the crowd gave the Brew Crew all the momentum they would have needed as Wade Miley, who started this game as well, later became a hero. And these fans are going to welcome Manny Machado to the plate. That's for what Machado has done in this series at second base predominantly from what he did at first base when he ran through the bag and clipped the ankle of Jesus Aguilar. Struck him out, two down. So Wade Miley strikes out Machado and the crowd erupts. And in the bottom of the first, down one nothing, with the backs of the wall, the Brewers rose to the occasion. That is in the right. Base hit. One run scores. Braun digging to third. Coming to the plate. The throw home. Too late. Brewers lead. Two to one. knowing how important that run was. What a huge two-out double. Moustakis adds to the lead. Aguilar coming to the play. Back-to-back doubles. It's 3-1. to one. Got to make Craig Council feel great. Now Moustakis at second with two out. Kratz goes the opposite way. Here comes Moustakis. Throw by Puig is cut off. Four to one. No one how. So the Brewers get four runs in the first inning. That would be all that they needed as they won 7-2, to two. but before the game, Eric Kratz had a cool moment with some of his friends who were in attendance for this one. Eric Kratz, who is loved by this fan base after being picked up in May from the Yankees organization, he has a big rooting section here, and before the game, he was greeted by that rooting section, all wearing jerseys of his previous stops. Guy who didn't get to the big leagues till the age of 30, and Cool moment. Good guy. That's awesome right there. Eric Kratz uh, with 
with some fans of his, probably presumably friends, who uh, who all wore his previous jerseys to the game, which is awesome. But the Brewers are now in a game seven. It is do or die, winner goes to the World Series. And in the first inning, Christian Yelich had been pretty quiet all series. And the words of game seven were enough to wake him. Yelich last night had a double in the game, the pitch. Swing and a drive in the right center and deep. So Christian Yelich gets the Brewers up 1-0 in Game 7, but the next half inning, Cody Bellinger responded with a two-run home run of his own to give L.A. the Game 7 lead. And later in the sixth, Yasiel Puig came up with two on, trying to insert the, the dagger and effectively end the Brewers' season. One ball, one strike, Puig drills one deep into left center field. Well hit, and that one is gone! A home run, Yasiel Puig, a three-run shot. He hit 23 during the regular season, and this may be the biggest home run he has ever hit with the Dodgers. He has had six years of postseason experience. He has had 52 postseason games, more than any other player in franchise history. So that would be it. The final score was five to one uh, after that Puig bomb. And that would end the Brewers season. They did not reach the World Series. In the National League Championship Series, Orlando Arcia slashed 360, 385, 600, 985 with two home runs and three RBI. Jesus Aguilar slashed 269, 321, 500, 821 with a home run and four RBIs. Ryan Braun also had four RBI in the series. And on the mound, Josh Hader, no earned runs in 7.2 innings pitch with 12 strikeouts. He was still really impressive. Corey Knable pitched seven innings and had one earned run. Wade Miley pitched 10 innings and allowed two earned runs. Lastly, Brandon Woodruff pitched nine and a third with two earned runs and one home run at the plate. So this team, they didn't win the World Series, but they have a pretty good legacy. Uh, they had a legendary comeback for the division they were down by six games in late august they came all the way back to win a tiebreaker against the team that one of their players claimed they didn't even have a rivalry against and they also just proved the doubters wrong because they weren't supposed to go to the playoffs according to br baseball america and the ringer and also christian yelich emerged as a superstar in this season that's what 2018 will be remembered for in milwaukee correct correct it was a you know an underdog story and you know, not only were they not expected to make, not expected to win the division before the season, but about two weeks from the end of the season, they still were not expected to. They made a very big comeback, and uh, they definitely earned that division crowd, that division crown, because um, not only was it for the division crown between them and the Cubs, it was for the best record in the National League. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, the the 2018 Brewers definitely a big legacy, definitely a, a team that the city of Milwaukee won't really forget about. That's right. So that is going to close the book on the 2018 Milwaukee Brewers, an underdog story that you just got to love. And, you know, many breakouts, like I mentioned, Yelich, Hader broke out this year. Woodruff and Canable uh, continued uh, his dominance. Um, and that's it. And now we're on to our favorite part, our favorite part of the episode. Um, hoping it's, or I, you know, it might be exciting for whoever's listening, but we uh, are going to be selecting our uh, next players and teams for our next history episode. Um, now we're down to 10 players and 10 teams left. Um, they're at random orders. We put them in a computer randomizer, um, whatever, whatever we have left. Uh, I'm going to pick a number uh, and One, whatever two, team two. that lines up with. That will be the team we're talking about next week. And Daniel is going to pick a number and uh, whatever player is on that number. We will be talking about next week. I am picking first this week. Uh, we are going to be talking about team. We are going to be talking about team number. Team number seven. Team number seven. Well, we did. We did Lou Gehrig this week. So I guess it's time that we do one of the most dominant teams of all time. This team won 114 games in the regular season, and they won the World Series, the 1998 New York Yankees. Here we go. We're doing, we're doing a Yankees. Uh, this Yankees is where we become unbiased baseball reporters. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty, uh, pretty wild that through the first 20 episodes, we didn't get to the Red Sox or the Yankees. I've, I had been thinking about it the whole time. This is a team that had the core four, uh, Rivera, Jeter, Pettit, and uh, oh, Posada. I yeah. don't know why I blanked on him. Also, Bernie Williams was on this team. Uh, this team was nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they won 114 games for a reason. Yeah, they were uh, absolutely, absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Excited to go over that dominant run uh, yeah. next week. Uh, Daniel, what player are we going to be talking about next week? In honor of Lou Gary, we're going to do player number four. Player number four. Uh, this is going to be a this is going to be a fun one because this guy's not, you know, necessarily like the best, but it's like a low key Hall of Famer. Not, not low key. Okay, but he has some wild stats. Nice. He, it's just absolutely insane. This guy's career. He played for so many different teams. He played for, uh, played in so many different ways. I would say he's the sort of. Um, Actually, not as great, but sort of like the Ricky Henderson of pitching. Um, and he was he pitched in that uh, dominant starting pitching era, and he pitched for a dang long time. Next week, we are going to be uh, talking about the all-time strikeout leader, Nolan Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. I, it, all it took was he played for some – yeah, all it took was he played in that dominant era of starting pitching. I was like, oh, that's got to be Nolan Ryan. Doesn't yeah. he have his number retired by, like, three different teams? Yeah, I think, like, Houston – uh, Texas and maybe the angels. I was talking with a friend last week. Cause like, I, I think you should look into this. Someone did a documentary about like the fastest pitch ever that was thrown by Nolan Ryan. 
And like if they if they track the speed of the animal, I would feel like one of eight times to like get up Yeah, it, it's it's pretty crazy what he was able to do. And like he played he, until age forty six. And that's yeah, all you know. His like age forty four season is like was like fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, he was still pumping like ninety eight at at that point. So also seven no hitters, by the way. Uh, yeah, seven no hitters, and I think twelve one hitters. And I think he took like thirty something no hitters into the seventh inning. Yeah, we're there's, just we're just naming off the whole show right now. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot to talk about with uh, Nolan mm-hmm. Ryan. Yeah, his first his first season was 1966. His last season was 1993. <laughs> so he he overlapped careers with like Warren Spawn and Pedro Martinez. Yep. I think, yeah. Honestly, he probably played at the same time as Satchel Page. Yeah, that's true. Because Satchel Page, I think his last season was 65. We were just going over this uh, last night because he played at, at the age of 59. Yeah, he did. Uh, when did you say his first season was? Uh, 66. Dang, you just missed him. Satchel Page's last season was 65. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he did, but still, still. The fact that they're in the somewhat same era crazy yeah for sure mm-hmm. but yeah uh that is that is uh that is the episode we hope you enjoyed uh this episode this part of the episode with the 2018 milwaukee brewers and uh first of all we would like to thank uh baseball reference uh stat had especially for all the how about that's um fan graphs for all the stats they provided uh mlb on youtube for all the videos that they provided. MLB film room particularly mlb film room uh particularly yes and we would also uh like to if you want to watch the videos with us if you're uh watching a, if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify want to watch the videos with us uh, go to our youtube channel subscribe to our youtube channel it is called stv with christian and daniel curran uh also if you want to get caught up with the rest of the baseball history series, there is a playlist on the YouTube channel. Uh, go right to, uh, it's one of our only playlists. It's uh, the baseball history series. You can go there if you want to know about other players and teams. And if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at STBNL podcast. Uh, we hope to we we hope you enjoyed our 2018 Milwaukee Brewers episode, and we hope to see you next week, uh, where we're going to be talking about more MLB news. We're going to be making the Hall of Fame bubble case for Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent, yes, Jeff Kent, uh, for and against his Hall of Fame case, uh, and then we're going to be talking history with Nolan Ryan and the 1998 Yankees. Uh, we will see you then.